Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we're going to discuss emotional intelligence, what it is, how aura colors play a role in it, and how it connects to one's intuition. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Well, I think even before we get into all that, maybe we need to lighten it up a little bit. You know, the last couple episodes have been very heavy. There's been a lot of death, dying, talk about suns blowing up and oceans evaporating yes billions and billions and beer okay calm down billions, <laughs> i can't even say it <laughs> i'm freaking out already you're having your death anxiety panic, yeah death anxiety panic attacks oh it's, it's been it's been it's been rough it's been rough it's been rough we've we've got to take a step back now. yeah let's just take a breath <sighs> okay is there any you know what can we talk about well, that's a no, little light okay yes so i need the listeners to decide okay something do i know what this is yeah. So, you know, in the house, so the kids and I call you cheap, but we don't say it like that. We go cheap. cheap. Or if you do something that's just like you, like just something that's very, I guess, like part of your character, we're like original cheap. And that's just funny. Like in our house, somebody will just like shout it like cheap. Yeah. You know, like well, that. Brie does it the best. She'll just go like cheap. <laughs> yeah, that she does. She does it like that. And Abby does it too now. And you get and and you get so like so well, I'm mean, so red aura obsessed. And you have this need. You get so like dark and grumpy. And you're like, I'm not cheap. Look at this and look at this and look at this and look what you're wearing and look what I got you the other day. And like you just need and almost got to the point where it's funny just to find things that are like slightly cheap that you do, and then we can just like okay. say it. Okay. I mean, so, every, we, right. so let them decide. Sure. Are you? Okay. You want to join Mr. Michaela, Bree, Abby, I think even the guinea pig chirp cheap at me the other day. Do you want to join them? Okay, fine. You, you tell me. Okay. So I have to start where this originated pre-COVID. Actually, it was the January right before, you know, everything shut down that March of 2020. So it was January 2020. Okay. So it was before, before COVID. And we went to the South Florida Fair, which is... I'll, I'll never live, live this down. It's just the South Florida Fair. This is two years ago. And it could have been that we cling to this time because it was probably like one of the last times we actually like did something for like a year. You know what I mean? Right. So we were like, okay, you know, Scott, you know, and they're like, daddy, can we go to the fair? You know, it's a, the big state, you know, the big you know county fair here. And you're like, okay, we can go on Tuesday because it's $2 Tuesday. <laughs> and so that means that it was only two bucks to get in instead of yeah. like, I don't know how much it is, like 12 bucks for kids or something, I think 15 so. for adults. Well, I don't know, something like well, that. Well, the $2 Tuesday is oh, because here. all the rides are $2 too. And then all the rides are $2 and the parking is $2. Right. Everything's $2. But the line was like two hours long and we're sitting in line to park and, and you're like, Zit! and it was on a Tuesday. So it's like school the next day. And you're like, this is great. And we're like, Scott, like if this wasn't $2, you wouldn't have, like, where is this patience is coming from? We don't even know. Like, like when we're at Disney, it takes like two minutes to wait in line to pay your $25. And you'd be like, ah, hurry up or whatever. Like, duh, duh, duh. but like two hours to pay the $2, suddenly it's acceptable. Okay. So then we go, okay, that's like packed because it's $2 Tuesday. Then we pay our $2 to get in. And then all the rides are $2. And then every, like, I guess, Carney booth had some sort of special. And you wouldn't let us eat the regular-sized things. We had to have the $2. (laughs) So there were, like, jumbo pretzels. You know, uh-huh. you know, for ten bucks. But then, like, you're like, no, you, you, all you need is the two dollar one, which was like this tiny little like baby pretzel. 
Okay. <laughs> like, you got like, a lot of two dollar items off. That, yeah, that, that's and the then thing. and then like we, we all like lemonade, and at this point, like I think Abby was like three and a half or four at that time. I forget. And like she likes her own lemonade, and Brie likes her own lemonade. I like my own lemonade. And we're like, oh, let's get the lemonade. Well, there was no two dollar special on the lemonade, so you're like, we can get one lemonade. <laughs> And then we were all like, no. And you were so angry that we all got our own lemonades. And you're like, you better finish those lemonades. Yeah, that's the problem. Okay. So my defense of this, because we're, you know, we're seeing who's right here, is that nobody drinks them. Like We all drink them. Did you? Okay. There was yes. one, well, there was one time where I bought like $27 worth of lemonade. They don't like the fresh squeeze. Nobody drank that it. That was the fresh squeeze. Well, I didn't know the difference. They like the, the crappy okay, powder. Okay, Well, stuff. I'm claiming I didn't know the difference. Okay. Okay, claim. Anyways. Okay. Fine. You can claim that, so I suppose. That, so I don't that, remember that logic ever coming up that night, but okay, fine. Anyways, so that's the origin that's of that. That's their or- origin of it. Okay. Since then, there's been many moments <laughs> that have come up, including two weeks ago when you stole... A Whole Foods coffee. Uh, <laughs> I did not steal a Whole Foods <laughs> so coffee. Tell us what happened because you came out and you had like a Whole Foods coffee and it was completely okay. like free. Okay, le- okay, let's back this up. But at, before you you bought it right. in quotes because you didn't, you were complaining about the price of a Whole Foods coffee. Well, yeah, okay. Well, first of all, that was we had eaten dinner at Whole Foods. That's a whole other story. That cost oh like seventy eight dollars. For a slice of pizza and a couple of drinks. Yeah, okay, so, don't eat at okay, Whole Foods. So fine. Just saying that. <laughs> don't eat there. Then after we ate dinner, the kids wanted uh, mochis and, and macaroons. Macaroons. Okay, that's another like seventy dollar item there. No, really, the macaroons I no, think are li- like two bucks yeah, each it was or crazy. something. Okay, so what tiny. happened was they're good though. I'm like, all right, I might as well just get a coffee while they're going to eat the macaroons and the mochis. Okay, right. so I go and get the coffee, and it's self serve because of of COVID or whatever. And there's two cups, okay? So originally I put the coffee, press the button, you know, and the coffee comes out in the, I think it was either a medium or large cup, okay? But then I realized on the machine I had pressed small. So, okay, so I put basically (laughs) the medium size into the small, whatever, the small into the medium size. So all I did was took the cup that had the coffee in it. I think you took a water cup. And I put it into the other I cup, think, which, which was, was a, small a water cup. cup. No, it was the other I size. I think it was a water no, it wasn't cup. The, no, it was No. you walked, I think, to this day, I think it was a water okay. cup. So then I went up to the cashier. Just to, the way your face just glowed. You're like, yeah, it was perfect. It was free. Okay. So anyway, so I went up to the cashier. I put the mochis and the macaroons on the, on the conveyor belt and my coffee. Okay. And they went through. Everything went right. through. And then I took my coffee off of the conveyor belt right. and started drinking it. Right. Okay. Then I went, when we got to the seat, you know, when we got back to the seat, yeah. I looked at the bill. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, I just wanted to see why I just paid $98 for a couple macaroons. Yeah. And I noticed on the bill, there was no, you know, no thing for the coffee. You were so happy. I just feel like it's convenient that you already had like a, I guess like an issue with the cost of the mochis and the macaroons. Okay, you know well, I mean? and then I think I heard you say coffee should be free if macaroons are this much, and then all of a sudden, like the coffee was free. So hey, sometimes you get a free coffee. There's I don't many know. examples like this. Okay, yeah, right. you got more. <laughs> There's many examples. You got more of the, the the cheap. But then sometimes, like you overdo it. Like what, what do you, you mean? know, like like last uh, two nights ago, we got delivery pizza. Which oh my god, I just spent fifty dollars for a pizza. <laughs> I no, literally two nights ago, I spent fifty. No, literally fifty dollars. For a large pizza. I spent $50 for a large cheese pizza. How cheap is that? That's not cheap at all. Well, because I... Okay. Because you... First of all, 
you don't do delivery because you'll never pay the charge. Okay. That's just you. Right. Like you would like you won't do no, it. It's, no, because it's not that. I just I'm not I want to be active. I want to I don't want to be lazy. I just want to go out and get it. Nah, it's a Firestar thing because like none of you get delivery. Like you all go and get it. It's like it's like programmed in you guys. Like you won't do it. Like you won't. Like somebody once asked me, like I remember when we were younger, you were uh like I was in a car following your car at some event or something. And your friend was like, oh, he must have, you know, and you were ahead. And he was like, oh, Scott must have paid for parking. I'm like, on my life, may I die right now if my if my husband ever paid for parking. Okay. Like well, he's a hundred million billion percent finding street parking for free. Okay. Like he did not go now, into that lot. I will die on okay. that. Again, I want to defend this <laughs> because it is a contest here to see if you're right or wrong. Yeah. Okay. In the last, I would say two years... I now look for paid parking right you've away. Been, you've okay. been, yeah, because with the kids and like, I think walking okay. distances. Yeah. Yes. Like I don't even, but I'm like, just where's the paid parking? Back in the day. I, I say, where's, where's the paid parking? Yeah, you, That's what I say now. I'm like, where, give me the paid parking. Give me the most expensive paid parking. That's what I say to people. <laughs> you don't do valet, but you're like, okay. Where's I'm close the, to doing valet. Are you? No. I don't want anyone driving my car. I've talked about this I know, before. I know. I know. <laughs> so anyways, so okay. I don't right. know. Those are just like little examples, but. But yes, you did give the delivery guy 50 bucks because like... He didn't have change. He didn't have change. So, and I told you that would happen. Nobody does nobody does cash anymore. Well, I didn't like, know that. I mean, when I worked for Domino's, I always had cash. That was like 30 years ago. Okay. How old was it? No, okay, it was not 30 years ago. Okay, what am I, like 92? <laughs> Gosh. How many years ago was that? I don't that? know. Like maybe did you ever get a, 15 Did you ever ago? get a tip like that? Like a $34 tip? When no. you were a pizza kid? A pizza um, guy? No, uh, no. I mean, I, I people didn't like me. What? Uh, <laughs> What's that the like? You just bring their pizza and walk away. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, What's I, the best I had tip no you ever got? or anything. I didn't do any like tricks or anything for them. <laughs> What's the best tip you ever got? Probably like three dollars. <laughs> so sad. So sad. And that was big back then. That you, was big. Because yeah. you didn't have change, so you're like, oh, here, and that you know that killed you that you gave them like no, the whole, you know, and the guy was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Thanks, Mister. Thanks. Yeah, it was like the biggest. Thanks, it was the biggest thanks I've ever gotten in my life. And you're life. like, just, but you've eaten every slice of that pizza, and you're like, this is my $8 slice of pizza. Like, you're just eating it, like, all the time now for breakfast, did, for I lunch. Did. I did. Like, nobody else ate that pizza but you. Yeah. Well, it was, $8, it was like $8 a slice. Yeah. I mean, that's expensive. I don't know. Yeah. Are you the original cheap? We don't know. I don't know. I mean, I disagree. I, I think. You know, and then you guys always say, like, oh, yeah, the other, oh, the other big one is where I change. Okay, this is an, okay. Oh, change. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, I don't, all right, you can do, you can tell this one. Well, this was Bree's theory. This is Bree's theory, yeah. Okay, like, your big thing is, like, you're too good to take change. So, like. I, no, I, that's not <laughs> no, true. That's what she says. So, like, if something's, like, like, let's say you're going to Dunkin' Donuts and it's $4.44 or whatever. Right. I'll give an angel number. And, like, you hand them a $5 and then you're just like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. And you kind of walk out like, <laughs> like, Bree says you saunter out. Like, that's right. <laughs> you keep that change. Okay, that never but happens. But now that she showed it to me, you do do that. I don't think I, that you, I don't know if you get an ego boost from it or something. No, like, I don't. that's right. <laughs> So, okay, first of all, I've never said that's right in my life, okay? I've never, ever said that's right. No, but that's what happens. Like, like if we go, because we always get bagels. If we go to the bagel place and 
and yeah. it comes to like 12 yeah. bucks, yeah. you know, $12 and 22 cents or whatever. Yeah. You'll give them like the $13 and be like, you keep that. Or you just like walk away and be like, no, it's not necessary. <laughs> and you just kind of walk out. <laughs> what else to do? <laughs> like half the time, I don't think you notice that they don't say thank you because it's like not a pay. Well, it's only like, it's only like 80 cents, but. It's just weird. Like you, I, do, you do it to the McDonald's people too through the drive-thru. Yeah. Like, like. A like, Chick-fil-A do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That's what you do. Like if something's like twenty bucks and it's, I don't know, it's like nineteen eighty two or something, and like you're giving them a twenty and you just drive off. You're like, hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, at first I don't, and I don't go. Hey. I don't know what that is either. <laughs> None of these noises or sounds ever accompany the, the thing. And just, I mean, I think she's trying to say like you, you feel like you know, well, big okay. man. Or the something. reason why she did it was because we went to like a nature center. And there, oh. and, and there was like a box, you know, you put your change in for, for you know, the nature center <laughs> if you have it. one of those things where you put a, a coin in. Yeah. And it rolls and rolls and rolls all the way down. Yeah. And you took out like a nickel. Oh, that's all I had. And you're like, look. <laughs> and you put it in. And she, it's truly, you kind of glowed like you were so proud of yourself okay, or well, something like, for giving a nickel to like, the nation. I can't roll a $100 bill down it. It's meant for change. Like, would you though? You know, there's a box <laughs> okay. too for paper. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. And meanwhile, <laughs> I have an eight cent Starbucks gift card. I have eight cents left yeah. on a Starbucks gift card. Yeah. yeah. And it's killing me not to use it because you won't let me. Because like I'll have to be alone to use it one day. Because I hate that there's eight cents just sitting on there. And it's not because I. I just feel like it's weird that Starbucks is going to keep it if I don't use it. But you, I really. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to. I'm going to trick you one day into using it. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> then you have to tip extra to not okay. look so cheap. Okay. This is what my life is like living <laughs> with three women. It's funny. Yeah. I get called cheap all day. But I get Mr. Big Bucks sarcastically. Oh, Mr. Big Bucks. Yeah, sarcastically. They go, hey, Mr. Big Bucks. <laughs> okay. So right. that's right. just our inside jokes. Here. All right. Well, you guys decide if I am truly cheap. <laughs> Or is this Mr. Michaela, Brianna, and Abby, and Norman the guinea pig just, you know, having fun with me? Okay. (laughs) All right. There's so much about fertility that's a complete mystery. That's where the modern fertility hormone test comes in. Think of your fertility hormones as tiny detectives. They can bring you tons of insight into your egg count, reproductive timeline, and even possible outcomes for egg freezing and IVF. Everything you need to know to get proactive about your fertility. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility gets you the same info at $159, a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or an FSA, you can put those dollars toward modern fertility. You'll get insight into your hormone levels, how many eggs you have, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, clinically sound info about your body can help you make the decision that's right for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 
$50 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the several hundred or even a thousand plus dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash KYA. That's modernfertility.com slash KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right, so I know the topic today is emotional intelligence. I don't think I have any of that. <laughs> I wasn't even really sure what it was. Uh, I, I don't really know about too much about it. Yeah, so emotional intelligence is the ability to understand that others are different from you. They may have different motivations, communications, styles, or things going on, which you'll have to navigate in order to get to like an end goal with them. It's the ability to understand and manage your own emotions and those of the people around you. That's what emotional intelligence is defined as. Okay. So I was actually doing my research, you know, before the the podcast to figure out what emotional intelligence was. I was trying to figure it out on my own. I do have issues doing that. But (laughs) the the first thing that actually came up in my search engine was an article about Tom Brady. And the title of the article was, Reporter Asked Tom Brady If He's Retiring. His Response is a Lesson in Emotional Intelligence. Mm. So I figured, okay, I'll I'll read that one. You know, that seems like I can mix, you know, football and maybe it make more sense. He's an interesting fascinating person to kind of think about too. All right. So in the article, it says he keeps getting the same question over and over again, which is, are you coming back next season? Yeah. And this is his response. This is in quotes. I haven't put a lot of thought into it. We'll just take it day by day. Okay. And then they ask him again, you know, they keep pushing, come on, can you give us a little more time? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it'd be impossible not to do that. Right, Tom. Okay. So they're kind of egging him on. And he says, truthful guys, I'm thinking about this game and I'm not thinking about anything past five minutes from now. Um, so basically, and then the author goes on to say that this is a great example of emotional intelligence. Yeah. I mean, I'm still kind of for a green person. For a Tom green person. Brady is the author didn't say that. No, <laughs> for a no, green aura person. For a green aura person. Yeah. <laughs> no, but he's right. Um, so emotional intelligence, and this is what I'm going to really get into, uh, in a few minutes, but emotional intelligence has been kind of taken by society a bit. And Somebody like Tom Brady, like, yeah, like he's been able to use how he works and manage it just like he can manage his body. Like he has a special Tom Brady diet he talks about and stuff like that and manage his ability to play a game and manage how he looks at football and manage like plays and stuff like that. He's managed his emotions and green people are able to do that. And when he, and I actually saw him say that like on TV, he's like, oh, I'm only thinking about now. And I believe him. Right. I believe him. I couldn't do that because I'm not green, but a green person can teach themselves how to do that. Okay. And that's for them. They can manage their own emotions. They can compartmentalize. They can put it into the bigger picture. See, it's not necessary and it doesn't behoove him at all to worry about the future. Therefore, because he's a green aura, he can shut that down. All right. So now let's say, let's say the same question. I'm a red guy. Now this is me. I've won seven Super Bowls. By the way, in my mind, I have. <laughs> uh, just as good as you, Tom Brady. Okay. So just kidding. All right. So how would I respond to that with emotional intelligence? Being a red, same question. Are you going to retire? What would be the response that I would give if I was emotionally intelligent? Well, red people have like different motives, okay, than green people with emotion and whatnot. See, like with Tom Brady, he's competing against himself. Right. You know, like I feel like Tom Brady is competing against Tom Brady. Like it's it's really about him and the best that he can do. And also almost like in this system of with his body inside of this game, inside of this world, it's like he's trying to make a whole organism, you know, continue to function and see if it is or isn't. For a red person, it's it's more 
in a way, I'm going to put quotes around it, relatable, because I feel like for red people, it would be more about the passion. Let me do it one more time. I got one more in me. This one's to show that, you know, I don't know, that, that I'm not beat yet. It's kind of more the rocky way. It's not how many okay. times you fall. It's how many times you get up. Green, like Tom Brady is agreeing with his emotional intelligence. That's not really his motivation, you know. So a red person's response might be a little bit more fired up okay. a bit. And they might be a little, it might be a little bit more personal to them or a little, a little bit more passion oriented or outside of themselves. But really when you talk about emotional intelligence, which I'm going to get into a lot, I want to talk about it in each aura color in okay. terms of how each aura color perceive others emotionally and what they do with those perceived emotions and their own emotions, which is unique to them. Got it. Okay. So red people, we'll start there. Red people are really able to perceive others' strengths and weaknesses and their own. I mean, when they're balanced and on top of things, they can, they can really perceive other people's character and they have ability to follow and, and whether other people can follow them or not. Like, so like a red boss, for example, knows, okay, these guys, th- that's a good team member. And that one's got a smart mouth and they don't really have much. They're not going to be here for the right reasons or whatever. Like, and red people can manage their emotions in that they can be decisive. They can be like, yep, that's how I feel and move forward based on it without second guessing themselves too much. They can move on, move forward. But they could also do the opposite, right? They could kind of fly off the handle. Oh, the imbalanced ones. Yeah. yeah. So like there's a, yeah. but that would, that would be like a low emotional intelligence. So right. I'm talking about people. With, no, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like yeah. reds with a really high emotional yeah. intelligence, they balance all that. Right. And they're usually well-respected then. And they're people that people want to, you know, I want your approval because it means something. Um, and what they do with it is they can really put people in places that work best for them. So if they're like in charge of somebody or a team or, or like a workplace or students or whatever, and with themselves, what they can do with it is they can really take from other people and grow themselves. So that's like a red person with high emotional intelligence. Um, but then let's talk about green people with high emotional intelligence. So just like Tom Brady, (laughs) like green people have this ability to understand, okay, how the people around you emotionally can function. So it's different than reds because it's more about kind of like they'll put everyone around them to work. Red people will probably shut people out. They aren't going to fit with what they want. Green people are like, well, I can stick you there or you can work over here. They can kind of find more of a purpose for everything and everyone. Um, They can see what people can and cannot do and how you can make the most of them somehow. So there's no like waste or anything like that with people's, I guess, productivity or who they are. What they do with it is um, they, they use people's strengths and their own strengths to just improve the world around them. So green people, like, like you see Tom Brady and I was asking you this, like when we were watching these games, just cause the yeah. bills play, the bills were yeah. playing that same night. So we were watching football out that night. I'm like, how do you coach Tom Brady? Cause I just know that he's like going up to the coach and he's like, okay, you know, this guy's best here. This guy's best here. This guy's a little weak here. Da-da-da. And he's like playing chess with the team like how do you even argue with him he's probably right yeah that i mean that would be fascinating (laughs) i mean i know when he was with the patriots bill belichick was also i mean i know there's probably a big difference in opinion here but like a genius too at football yeah so maybe that that worked better i don't know i'm again i'm not there they seem like two hardheads so yeah Yeah, but they're both probably on the same level of intelligence when it comes to football Football, and again i apologize to everyone who hates bill belichick right i I know that um (laughs) no no, he's fine i'm sorry i gotta go into my bill's brain yeah but like with the tampa bay coaching staff i i mean again i don't think they're in the same level as bill belichick's staff right or you know his level 
So I don't, yeah, I don't know how you would coach. How do you coach I, somebody I no like that? Like yeah. he, he has such like a command of what everything is going on right. and where things move best. And, and I think when you have high emotional intelligence as a, as a green, you take emotion out of it. Okay. That's what greens do. Like they'll take actually, emo- they'll actually suck the emotion out of it and make everything very neutral. Okay. So that people entering and exiting on, try to see the plan the same way they see the plan. Yeah. I, want, I mean, Peyton Man- I don't know if you, you probably don't know who this is. Peyton Manning was also like this really good football player. Yeah. And I, I wonder if he was green also. I don't, I don't he know. He is. He's yeah. green. I know that one. Yeah. Because he also seemed like when he was there, he knew like every single spot for yeah. every single person. Yeah. Yeah. And you take, when, you take, when you can take emotion out of it, it actually makes everything work a lot better in worlds like that. Okay. So that's where, that's where green people thrive hmm. in these environments. I, I think we're going to get a lot more guys. Listening to the episode this and week. like a purple, blue, <laughs> like what? I right. mean, they'll they'll play or whatever, but they're not gonna like be seeing the whole thing unfold. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yellows. Yellow. Yellows. High emotional intelligence with yellows. What they perceive, details, someone's abilities, where they fit in, what they can or cannot do, solutions in people's lives that they need. What do they do with it? They give great critique for growing, for helping others strengthen where they see room for improvement. They can be very direct about it. Yellows with high emotional intelligence take criticism from others about themselves and use it to grow and evolve. It's like that growth mindset. Yellows with high emotional intelligence are all about that. Okay, I took that criticism and I got three books about it, you know, like that. Blue people, blues with high emotional intelligence, they... They perceive what's going on around them underneath the issues. So that's feeling other people's feelings, understanding what people's emotional capacities and limits are, understanding where somebody's hurt. Or And what's interesting, and we're going to talk about this, they say that having a high emotional intelligence means that you don't do stuff like that. Or they, they'll say like people with high emotional intelligence aren't as creative or people with high, sometimes they'll say people oh. with high emotional intelligence aren't as good at solving problems or some, or, or as motivated or things like that. But I feel like with like blues and purples and indigos and turquoises, what it is, is they're not taking into consideration that people are feeling other people's feelings and it's merging with their own stuff. Oh. If that well, all right. Sense. Can I go back to the football analysis? Yes. Do it. Okay. So. Just because we've been talking about it. So, oh, yeah. Okay, so let me explain. Let me think if this one is one, too. Okay. So after that Bills game, oh, my God, 13 uh, seconds. Oh, my God, crazy. Yes. okay. So Patrick Holmes is the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Josh Allen was the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, if you didn't yeah. watch the game. I know Patrick Mahomes is purple and He's blue. He's purple and blue. So after that game, you know, it was a battle. Both teams played fantastic. Both teams mm-hmm. were evenly matched, great on both sides. The first thing that Patrick Mahomes did was instead of like kind of go to all his teammates, he ran across the oh. field and he found Josh Allen. Oh. And now I don't know what was said between the two men. Yeah. He wasn't there. But is that him being that blue purple? Yeah. Is that the sign of emotional intelligence yeah, coming out where he, the first person he thought to go to was the guy that who played a hell of a game but lost? Yeah, and uh, and Josh Allen is yelling. But I don't know if you don't care about football. Yeah. This is like so. No, boring. I know. But I'm, I'm just sorry. giving like an example. No, but it's true. Like he ran across the field and he congratulated the other. Other quarterback. Because right. they were both excellent. Right. And, so, and, you, and you saw him, like, that was his only mission yeah, to do that. And he's very lovable. Yes. Like that Patrick Mahomes. And, very, yeah. and he's he's purple-blue. And the thing with blue people is they can't move forward until they address the issues that they feel around them. And that's just what they do. And what happens is in a world, like, where you're working with somebody else, that goes a long way because the way that they get everything to move or be productive is I validate you. I see you. I thank you. I give you gratitude. I give you what you need. So that's what he was doing right. there. Okay. And Josh Allen, he's yellow. 
Well, he, I think you said he was red, blue, but he wears the yellow. He from wears his, an authentic from yellow. His parent, yeah, his yeah. mom or something. His mom yeah. and his, his, but his dad's red. Yeah, and he was definitely red on the field yeah. that day. Yeah, <laughs> he was, so like, okay. so then I talk about purple people. Okay, purples, they perceive with other people's emotions, what will happen, what people will and won't do, what emotions benefit and not benefit you. So they just kind of take people, okay, that is going to happen. That's not, sometimes you get frustrated with me because I'm like that. Cause you'll be like, why isn't, I don't know, this working out this way. I'm like, it's just not like, I just, that's the way it is. Nothing's going to change. Like you kind of see how things are, um, how pe- how purple people deal with this, like who, with high emotional intelligence, they take people for who they are. They're very flexible. They're very go with the flow. Um, they they understand that whatever happens around them, they'll they'll be okay because they can take care of themselves emotionally. So no matter how wacky or much change throws at them, they have a confidence that they can. They'll they'll thrive in any chaotic situation because they have more faith in their ability to handle what comes with them. Okay. All right. So, but we're going to get into it more in depth. We're going way deep into this. Yes, we're going to go way deep. All right. All right. We got a couple ads, and then when uh, we come back, we're going to go deep. Let's make 2022 a year of learning, growth, connection through creativity. We can do this with Skillshare. I absolutely love my Skillshare subscription. My whole family gets a lot of use out of it. Right now, I actually have come back to this a couple of times, watching the ultimate self-care playbook, Discover and Nurture Your Centered Self with Jonathan Van Ness. You know him from Queer Eye. Um, you know, what is what is Skillshare? Whether you're a dabbler or a pro, a hobbyist or a master, you are creative. You have to discover what you can make and what you can do. And they have that with classes for every skill level over at Skillshare. You can experience real improvement with hands-on projects and classes designed for real life. And, you know, Skillshare's entire catalog of classes now offers subtitles in Spanish, French, Portuguese, and Dutch. You can explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash KYA and get a one-month free trial. That's one month free at Skillshare.com slash K-Y-A. With hybrid work becoming the norm, the strongest teams have two things in common, speed and alignment. Both come from having one hub where everyone can share work and processes, manage projects, and collaborate with clarity. For companies of all sizes, Notion provides one central and customizable workspace that can be tailored to fit any team and bring all teams together to get more done and move faster. Notion is an all-in-one team collaboration tool that combines note-taking, document sharing, wikis, project management, and much more into one space that's simple, powerful, and beautifully designed with powerful integrations and seamless navigation. You'll have everything you need in one spot so you can make speed your advantage without the silos and context switching that slow companies down. Plus, Notion has a worldwide network of millions of users creating templates, tutorials, and new inspiration. The product is getting better all the time, and you'll always have the support you need. Find out how Notion may be the missing piece your team needs to grow, get more done, and delight everyone who uses it in the process. Learn more and get started for free at Notion.so. Dot. You can check it out on your own and invite as many folks as you would want to see how it works. Take the first step toward an organized, happy team today. Again, at notion.so. 
I wanted to talk about emotional intelligence, um, sometimes called EQ or EI, and its connection with being intuitive. Because it seems like today they've been separated a lot from each other, as a lot of institutions and corporations have implemented a lot of emotional intelligent training and what it means to be a good leader and a good employee and how it makes your staff more productive or what have you. But they kind of leave out the woo-woo part of it, which is it also makes you more psychic. And, um, and I wanted to talk about how if you already have a high level of emotional intelligence, you were born with it, that it might be easier for you to naturally connect with your intuitive self, with spirit. Um, also, if you work on your emotional intelligence at all, it's going to improve your connection with spirit, no matter if you have a high or low one. So I just thought it would be interesting to kind of compare and contrast intuition from emotional intelligence. And I got this idea from Rachel Kona, who uh, wrote me that um, her and her friend had a whole debate about it. So this one's for you, Rachel. Okay. So what is emotional intelligence and what's the difference between EQ, sometimes it's called EQ, sometimes EI, and intuition? So emotional intelligence seems to be the ability to understand that others are different from you and may have different motivations, communication styles, or things going on with them that you'll have to navigate to get to an end goal with them. Um, It feels like a very green person way (laughs) to talk about um, intuition, really. Uh, But according to Daniel Goleman, who was the American psychologist who was considered the godfather of emotional intelligence, he says, it's the ability to understand and manage your own emotions and those of the people around you. So intuition, my definition of it, is this ability to pick up on the unsaid, the things that others aren't sharing right now, the things that others may not themselves even know or be aware of within themselves also picking up on the energy around yourself and how it moves and works and also how you can feel other people's feelings as your actual own feelings that's all intuition and then emotional intelligence for me combined with intuition would be then that ability to understand that all this is happening and it's real and you you have choices then. Because as we talk about a lot on this podcast, a lot of us who are able to feel other people's feelings as our own tend to modify our behavior to accommodate them without understanding that that's a choice. And then if we do make a choice not to accommodate our behavior for the feelings that we feel from them, it's the journey is understanding that you don't have to feel guilty about that or it's something that is actually going to better your own life and it's really not what you were put here on the earth to do. Like constantly just accommodate other people because of how they feel and act or whatever. So I feel like emotional intelligence talks about the feeling other people's feelings bit or uh, being aware of other people's feelings bit, but they don't go into the depth of that, which is what happened to you in your life that you feel like you do or don't have a choice, what to, you know, what actions to take after you pick up on whatever it is that you feel. I hope that makes sense. So my thought is that basically we all have this ability to connect. It's just that people with a natural high emotional intelligence have that ability a bit more readily available to them. But the better you work on intuition and understanding that this is all linked, the more you can make use of your already high 
emotional intelligence or grow the one you currently have. You know, everybody can connect to spirit, every single person. So I think it's interesting that with this emotional intelligence training and this emotional intelligence awareness coming up for all of us and, and the talking about it openly, um, people aren't people are kind of uh, missing the pink elephant in the room here that you're also going to get more intuitive as you work on it you're going to get more psychic <laughs> and so like the more you work on this stuff and the weird things you're going to pick up like nobody's talking about that i just think that that's interesting e emotional intelligence for me, it just feels like the first steps in heightening your intuition. It's like the foundations. And some of us who ran ahead, we have like a good intuition, but we need help with our emotional intelligence. That's like most of you I talk to. You have like a high emotional intelligence. It's just nobody told you that that the stuff that you're feeling and thinking, uh, you you need to kind of be more aware of. So for example, like you can be intuitive, like, oh my God, so-and-so isn't calling me back. And I know there's something they're not telling me. And then you like flip out on them next time you see them. It, that's kind of like you have the, high, the big intuition, but your emotional intelligence needs some work because there's better ways to deal with things like that. You know, the more um, emotionally intelligent slash intuitive that you get, the more you can kind of combine the two and just make more flow with your relationships with self and others and spirit. So... As we see the growth of our intuition and our emotional intelligence, um, well, we see that people are finding it useful in non-spiritual locations. So it's that link between being like this more in-tune person and being better at life. So being more connected with the emotion of self and those around you, which actually makes you a more productive person. It seems like that's what corporate America and institutions and schools are realizing. And they can't say it outwardly that this is like a spiritual thing, but that's really what this is. And it's interesting that they're finding use for it because there's like a lot of research, I guess, that comes with emotional intelligence that when people are talking about this openly in workspaces and institutions like schools, there's less bullying and there's more, there's better mental health and, and the workers become more productive and the students become more successful. And it's because we're trying to tell them to be authentic to themselves and understand that other people are different than you and have their own ways of doing things. So it does align in many ways with spirituality and kind of like what I talk about with the aura colors and fostering that connection that we're all just humans, souls in a human body trying to do our best. So back to emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence refers to the ability to perceive control and evaluate emotions. So you can imagine that they're like really feeding this to a lot of leaders, a lot of people, managers, a lot of people in charge of others. Um, and and a, lot of, a lot of researchers agree that emotional intelligence can be learned and strengthened, but others say it's an inborn characteristic. So I feel like if we're just talking about emotional intelligence, the same thing as um, intuition, uh, energy is real. <laughs> we're all animals and we have an ability to pick up on the nonverbal cues from everyone around us. That's just animals do it. Your dog and cat does it. Um, you don't need language to speak to somebody. You can feel their vibe. And um, what I feel like emotional intelligence is kind of coming in and, and talking about is that you can use this to make people work better for you. And that's true. But that's more, that should be kind of like the bonus of it, not the point. And I feel like a lot of places are making this the point. Anyways, so 
I feel like that it's both an inborn characteristic and be and be learned and strengthened. Like some of us obviously are more emotionally intelligent than others. And you meet the people that don't have a lot of that. <laughs> and it's just who they are and it's fine. For them, like talking about emotional intelligence in a more scientific kind of plain way, research-based way, it can be more achievable and approachable to them, which is great. Um, people who already have a high emotional intelligence who read about these things are can be kind of like, well, duh, obviously. Like, obviously this is what's happening, okay? Like, this is boring to me. I already know that. There's a bonus for for learning more about it because, honestly, everyone can connect. So however you find your pathway to connecting with the other side, be it, you know, feeling other people's energy or reading energy from people or using, um, I guess, the cues you pick up on people to to work with them better and also the cues from yourself to live a more authentic life to you that can all come through understanding this process and understanding, I guess like the emotional, uh, the emotional intelligence characteristics that they lay out here. But there is a difference between understanding how people are thinking or may react and being sensitive to that and actually picking up the same feelings and being pulled into that with them. So some people are able to separate what they get from people and themselves, and some of us just are not. And I feel like they're they're also not touching on that. Like they're coming from emotional intelligence from the point of you can separate it. And the way that I feel, like with intuition, is you can't. It's it's really hard not hard to do that. So that is just kind of like the nuances I'm seeing between the two. If you think about it, in a world where there is more to communication than just words, emotional intelligence in a lot of ways can sometimes be more important than your actual intelligence or your IQ. If you think about it, um, it's really great to be smart, but sometimes it's better to relate to people and get them to trust you. That can even be a more powerful tool. And if you have both, you're great. I feel like a lot, I mean, this is my own thought, like probably a lot of people who've made it high up in the world probably have a higher EQ than IQ, if you think about it, especially like politicians and stuff. There's just something like they might be more personable and relatable and kind of like trustworthy or like you feel like you just kind of want to, oh, that's like my friend or whatever, rather than somebody who's like actually like competent in a lot of like different areas. If you think about it, um, not everybody. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay. So what makes up emotional intelligence is basically 
three things. It's the ability to self-reflect, self-soothe, and have empathy. And then researchers suggest that there's four different levels of emotional intelligence. So I'll go through those. So the, And I'm going to compare to intu- intuition. So for the first one is perceiving emotions. So obviously this is, you know, it's you can understand nonverbal signals <laughs> such as body language and facial expressions. And this cracks me up because I can imagine in these training sessions for like managers and leaders and stuff, they're like, if somebody's sad, what does that look like? But like that's... <laughs> That I feel like, yeah, that's what's going on out there. But intuition goes a bit further. It's how you feel them yourselves and then link back to things which may not be evident outwardly. So you can know somehow that whatever they're feeling is about the past or trauma or a current issue, sometimes even with details about what is exactly going on with them now or what went on in the past specifically to create their feelings right now. So Perceiving emotions for emotional intelligence is like, yeah, you can tell that there's an emotion and you can kind of generally gather what it is. And intuition is just, you know exactly what it is or you have an inkling of it and you start feeling it in yourself. So it's a more in-depth connection to whatever's going on. And some people can pick up like names or dates or see things or visualize things or start to get images in their head. And they might not know what that is. And they might just like brush it off or consider it nothing, which creates a lot of anxiety when you take all those things. When you tap in with emotional intelligence, you're going, you're opening a door to something else. And so I just want people to be aware that that door isn't nonsense. It's a, it's your intuition and it's not something that can be backed up by research, but it is something that is real. And it's something that some people are going to be able to unlock when they kind of go through uh, improving their emotional their emotional intelligence. All right, the second the second thing they list, um, the second level is reasoning with emotions. So this means like you use emotions to promote thinking and cognitive activity, and emotions help us prioritize what we pay attention to or we react to. We respond emotionally to things which garner our attention. So that's just like you take emotion into consideration when you're dealing with somebody and you know that, you know, you're, you're teaching a kid. They look a bit frustrated. You're like, okay, we're going to take a step back now because you look frustrated. So we're going to respond to that emotion. Um, well, intuition involves the ability as well to understand exactly how to crack that egg you have in front of you. You know, with aura colors, for example, what we talk about on here, I can see how someone can take information, how they will take it, where their walls are, what they can and cannot hear without getting defensive, et cetera. Back to that teaching um, example, if you're an intuitive teacher, you're going to understand like for some reason you're going to, you can jump into that kid's energy, that kid's brain and be like, here, let's try it this way. Here, let's try it this way. And on the spot, come up with things intuitively that are actually going to turn the light bulbs on above their heads. That's intuition. You can't really teach that. That's kind of like the next jump that happens because somebody told you at some point, hey, yeah, you know, when you see an emotion, you can't just bulldoze past it. You got to jump into it. Um, you know, when, when you're intuitive, you can feel others' boundaries. Rather than just have like this one size fits all approach for dealing with people and their emotions, you can actually customize it for each person. I'm sure you've been in situations with an intuitive person versus just somebody who's empathetic. 
Um, meaning, you know, if you, if you talk to some, you're going through something and somebody really gets it and they're like, let me see, I want to know more about it. And you just feel that connection happen between you and them versus somebody that's like, I'm so sorry, you're frustrated. This is what we can do for you. And it's more robotic, even though it's almost like fake in a way. So there is a difference. And the difference is kind of like that intuitive connection. Hence why many empaths get exhausted dealing with like clients and customers. They're doing this over and over and over again for each person they encounter forever versus way that emotional intelligence is talking about it, which would represent basic training, the how-tos, the right things and the wrong things to say, that one-size-fits-all approach for things. You know, when I used to work at JCPenney's and <laughs> Macy's for a long time um, in college, like, you know, you'd get all sorts of angry people like constantly coming in and like, I'd always try to like relate to them. Like, I'm so sorry. Like your jeans like don't fit or whatever. Like, you know, I'm literally like trying to, emp- and I always calm them down. And like my managers were always like, wow, you're really good at like, we didn't call them Karens back then, but you're really great with the Karens. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you know, like I know, you know, because I connected to them and they like felt heard and seen and whatnot. Um, versus the manager, if the manager got involved, who maybe had less intuition, but great emotional intelligence would just sit there and just let them rage at them and just be like, I'm so sorry, you're disappointed. Here's 10% off. You know, it's, it's a different thing. You, you get exhausted when you connect intuitively. So that's another thing they don't tell you. Like when you're dealing with emotional intelligence, if they're training people to be more um, emotionally aware and whatnot, it's like, well, another thing is it's going to exhaust certain people more than others. And that's just part of it. People who are maybe a little naturally more intuitive. The third thing is understanding emotion. So emotions that we perceive carry many meanings. If someone's expressing that they're angry, um, you know, you're supposed to interpret what the cause of their anger may be and what it could mean. Maybe if your boss is angry towards you, it might mean that you didn't do a great job at work or maybe because they, you know, something's going on in their life you don't know about. So it's kind of putting that there could be more than one meaning to why somebody's angry at you, not just one. Intuitive people obviously understand that, but the more abilities you have exploring your own intuition through emotional intelligence can make you sure that, make you assured that like nothing actually ever has anything to do with you, which can really reduce the victimization component that comes with a lot of intuitive people. Because just depending on how you're raised or not, a lot of us were usually kind of like the, uh, the solvers and the fixers of our family. And if we couldn't do that, then we felt like the failures of the family. So it's kind of like the victimization can come with that. Like, oh, it's my fault all the time when something bad goes on and beating yourself up. Um, Yeah, many of us internalize other emotions as our fault because we weren't taught to separate what you can take in from what is already within. So yes, you can understand that emotion is a variety of meanings, but to intuitive people who are super self-aware, they also have that added layer of understanding that they must separate their own feelings from the ones they're experiencing outside of themselves. And if your boss is screaming and yelling at you and you're an intuitive person, sorry, you're going to take that personally. Like, because you cannot separate, like, you still feel the rage directed at you, even if you know that on a sub subconscious level, it has nothing to do with you, you still feel that rage in the room. It's kind of like going outside and it's raining and somebody being like, well, don't get wet. It's like, well, I'm going to get wet. <laughs> and if somebody's spewing their anger all over you, you're going to feel crappy about yourself, even when they're like, well, don't. So that's more of an intuitive thing. And the thing is, is when you're teaching people to be more... Um, emotionally intelligent, you're not telling them that added layer of 
but this could happen. You can still feel this way. There, that's, yeah, that's the whole like recovering empath thing comes into this a lot. And the fourth thing is managing emotions. So this is like the highest level, they say, of and the most crucial part of your emotional intelligence growth, regulating your own emotions, responding appropriately, and responding to others' emotions all a part of your own emotional management, which probably basically means you don't send the screw you email to, as in a reply all to the whole company when you just have had it. Okay. Well, intuitive people who work on this and are self-aware can also get to the point where they cannot only separate the emotions of others from themselves, but they can also act within their own best self-interest to deal with them. When you have that understanding, and this is like what I think the highest level of intuition is the understanding that anything you feel from others is never about you. You can make choices on how to handle it. Intuitive people have more freedom with the ability to understand how this will play out, what their actual role in it is, and also what they can do to either let it play out or intervene, understanding that it is always a choice. For example, Let's say that boss blows up at you and normally you're the one that fixes it and they're used to you doing that. What happens if you just sat back and let it play it out? Like what if you did nothing? You're going to feel the awkwardness. You're going to feel that person not knowing what to do next because you're not playing the role you normally pl- play. You're going to feel their own insecurities and stress and anxiety because they don't know what to do next because all of a sudden you're not stepping in there and doing it. That person who is energetically always holding you hostage now has to deal with it themselves and probably has zero skills to do that. So you can watch them fumble through that and they'll either grow or they'll completely blow up, understanding that it's not your responsibility to deal with it anymore. So that's my thought of managing other people's emotions is also choosing when to not manage them anymore and to take a step away and be like, all right, let's see. And and the, listen, the reward is freedom from having to fix it all the time, but the payment is the flipping awkwardness you have to sit in when you're doing nothing when you used to jump to action. You know, even if you don't like somebody, it hurts to feel other people struggle because you're feeling the struggle. It's just like the going out in the rain and not getting wet. Like if there is struggle vibe in the room around you, if there's insecurity vibe, if there's anger vibe, if there's sadness vibe, if there's anything vibe in your room, it's like weather. You cannot ignore it. You can't... All you can do is know that it's not about you, but you're still going to feel it, but you can make the choice. So that's my version for the intuitive um, end of it. A little bit of added to the emotional uh, intelligence end of it. That's the highest you can go. The impact of emotional intelligence seems to be everywhere, you know, schools and workplaces. Um, they're talking about having empathy for others, fostering more self-awareness, fostering nice communities, nice atmospheres, safe workspaces, nice language, things like that to make people feel comfortable. But it's funny because like their <laughs> their goal is to Im- increase um, productivity, you know, and and especially in like workplaces, like the goal is to increase productivity. And I always feel like that's such an empty little shell of a feeling, such a shell of a feeling. And I feel like intuitive people can kind of like just feel through it and it doesn't feel sincere. And then when, and then when it's not connecting 
you know, it's just like, well, here, this is how we speak and this is what we do and this is how we act and we have feelings, you know, and they're just saying it, but you know, there's no connection to the heart of it. That can really drive intuitive people mad because you feel it and you're like, posers, fakers can make actually, I think it can make it worse sometimes at, and the work environments because you're like, you're just giving me lip service. Like, tell me what you mean or be authentic. Um, be authentic to me. Don't just play the game or say the words. Just a little rant there. Okay. Uh, people being more aware of emotional intelligence. Um, I feel like it is due to increased intuitive practices around us. We're all speaking more about these things all over social media, all over the place, mental health, because of honestly, the increased focus on the individual voice and health, because there's been so many cries for help we've seen from people who've needed kindness and intervention. Emotional intelligence is that kind of like appropriate way you can stick to this dialogue in institutions and companies. I think it's interesting. I just feel like the ego, which I talk about, is the human part of us that keeps things very 3D. And there's a collective ego, like has formed our society. And I'm worried that it's infiltrating emotional intelligence and it's going to make it 3D. (laughs) Like, and I... I worry about that because just as an intuitive and sensitive person myself, I'm not kidding. You can tell when it's fake and it's almost wor- worse if a place is being fake nice just to like do the right, say the right thing or look good on paper or avoid lawsuits or something like that's even worse sometimes than like a toxic place that's at least authentic. I mean, to me and I'm not, I'm just saying that like if if this emotional intelligence thing keeps getting like <sighs> boiled down and 3D'd out, I can see a lot. Of, I can see it doing the ego. What the ego wants it to do is to be trampled down into a non-effective nothing. And it's sad because it, it waters it down. I think it, I just don't want them to water it down, you know, but I understand that if you call it like intuition and you connect it to the connection with spirituality, a lot of people are going to immediately be like, nope, and turn it off. So I understand that part. So you kind of want to reach a broader range of people by, by ta- I don't know. Ah, these are my thoughts. All right. What does improved emotional intelligence look like? Well, there's five characteristics. It's going to sound a lot like spirituality. Okay. First of all, change. You're not afraid of it. That's what, that's like literally what they say. But like, honestly, of course you're afraid of change. Change is freaking scary. I'd like to change that with intuition. Um, You're super afraid of it, but you're embracing that the fear isn't going to control you. And you get used to it. Self-aware. You, they know how they feel, you know, you know how you feel what you're good or not at, you know how to speak to what your weaknesses and your strengths are. You can take a critique and learn from it. You can self-improve. That's very spiritual. That's a big thing. You know, if somebody says like, hey, you know, your, your, your public speaking needs work, work. Instead of like freaking out, you're just like, okay, I'm going to take it. I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to, I'm going to work. But the thing is, is like when you hear a critique, depending on who you are, it can hit certain triggers in you. <laughs> and like, so when you give somebody a critique, like, hey, you know, you know, you got to work on this or this or this or this. You're not really talking about, you're just talking about that one thing. But, but when somebody hears it, they all, all of a sudden that became about their childhood or that's hitting them somewhere that they thought they hid better than that. Or like, so you're dealing with a lot of like issues when you critique somebody. And so I think they're saying like emotional intelligence is like, you can take it. 
you can take it and you can turn it into something good. I just feel like they're kind of washing over a lot of processes that go with that because it takes a long time to discover, huh, why does that trigger me? And that's really the point. Uh, they're balanced, which means they can take stock of their own mental health and they can practice self-care when they need to. Well, that's hard. Um, I feel like a lot of us understand that we don't always feel able to step back and take care of ourselves. And we can feel very guilty and selfish to do that. So people with high emotional intelligence are saying, hey, you know, speak up if you need a break. Speak up if you need a boundary. Speak up, speak up, speak up. Okay, well, that's hard. It's hard for us to speak up. Um, And speaking up is a whole process on itself. Empathetic, obviously, can relate to others, understand what they're feeling. We talked a lot about that earlier. And then gracious, half glass full, optimistic. They say Emotionally intelligent people are emotionally intelligent people are optimistic. Well, I'm going to disagree with that one because <laughs> I feel like again, that feels like it was a little watered down to fit kind of like corporate America standards like um not everything is always great. And what if we're just honest about that instead of optimistic about it? Uh, a lot of toxic positivity can turn into that. Yes, I, you know, it's good to like, especially if you're working on a team at work or something, you don't want to be like the Debbie Downer all the time or oh, that was, you know, that meeting could have been an email. Well, sometimes it could have, you know, but yes, you have to kind of keep that morale going so you don't bring the whole group down with negativity. I'm not talking, you know, but it, it, like these coverall things are important to kind of nuance out because as intuitive people too, paying attention to each separate emotion and how it makes us feel is actually part of being, um, you know, like a really balanced and healthy person inside and connected person, not dismissing feelings because you feel like they're too negative. Like it's okay to have a negative thought and then kind of move through it and maybe put a, put a spin on it in your own way. Okay. So this is what I found out doing all my research for um, emotional intelligence. This is basically what they're teaching like leaders and managers and corporate environments to stress in their training But what's interesting to me is that all these things are also how you become more intuitive, like in a spiritual way. So, you know, basically when you listen to yourself, other things are going to pop in. Like your higher self voice gets a lot louder. Spirit, loved ones on the other side, auras, you know, all sorts of things. Um, And I talk to you all, so I know, I know. Like you start getting messages and your angels are talking to you and you're like, what's this? You're seeing numbers, you know, this is all happening. And you learn... And you you can learn to differentiate it from your own thoughts. So the more you kind of dive into all this, which is great, you do differentiate your own thoughts from maybe like spirit thoughts or higher self thoughts or or messages from the other side. Intuition is about connecting with a source greater than ourselves. And when we put that context around these elements of having a high emotional intelligence, you see that this whole world is a classroom, a lesson, a journey, and then it's less of a sting to know of a mistake you made or you know, you got to change something up or things move around or something's not going your way or whatever. I feel like it's intuition that makes that purposeful. Emotional intelligence to me doesn't always make me make it feel that purposeful. So that's just like, I think that's the difference. You know, they're just missing that little leap into, but what for? Why, Why am I being nice to everyone other than making their productivity better? Like, is there something bigger than that? And there is. And that's kind of what intuition leads you to. The things with it, with emotional intelligence, you know, 
something has to be for a bigger and higher purpose. Like I said, it's okay to do these things, but understanding for what rather than what it, than making you a better employee or student just isn't enough for people. I feel like, I feel like that's, that's the 3d part of it. Like we need kind of like, but the for what that's where the 5d comes in. Cause this is a classroom. Cause I need to up my energy. Cause I need to raise my vibe. That's for what I feel like they've just kind of taken emotional intelligence and made it a bit more vanilla than it is. Because they don't, I mean, yeah. But that's what society does, you know? They take something and they water it down and it can just get a little ego, ego-fied. So how do you improve your emotional intelligence? Because it is a good thing to improve it. But like a lot of the stuff I found was very general and broad. It was like, listen, okay, empathize, reflect. <laughs> so like you guys all know, you guys are like pros. So you know all that stuff. Like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um. You know, everything that you're doing, like when you connect to, to, that's what, that's what my passion is. It's like making the paranormal normal. It's like connecting to the other side or understanding these things, but also taking that journey within you, like the little path to understand things out there is all inside of you. And, and that's emotional intelligence. It's like, why do I feel the way I feel? What is that link to the past? Why do I notice that person's emotions? What else am I getting from that person's emotions? It's, where, where is it hitting me? How am I feeling it on my body, what they're going through? That's all just that self-awareness that can happen concurrently. It's just intuitions, just that also connection to that which is greater than us. They do say that people with a lower emotional intelligence, and I feel like at any point in any of our lives, we can relate to this. You're just a little bit more you know, you're not great at coping with yourself emotionally or you have lower quality relationships or you get in a lot of fights or drama or things like that. Okay. Yes. Because emotional intelligence can help you to kind of just act like, like a calm, rational adult in situations or even a calm, rational child. Because sometimes kids handle this stuff so much better than adults do. Um, in situations that actually just require a listening ear rather than just a, a voicey voice. Um, they do say like pitfalls of having a high EQ are one, they say that people with high emotional intelligence may actually be less creative and innovative. Huh. Research suggests that. Here's my take on it. I feel like it's because they're probably getting a lot of blues, indigos, turquoises, and purples who don't know what they want to do with their lives because you know that's like most of us. We're like, what? what, what? what? I, I don't know what to do because you're put in the box where you're supposed to be like really passionate and excited about, I don't know, marketing for this company you don't care about, but that's your job and they're saying you're not creative now. <laughs> so my thought is super not scientific, wasn't there for the research, didn't even pull up the research, okay? I just took that as... It's not that they're not as emotionally intelligent. It's just they're less motivated because it's pro- they're probably taking things from people who didn't care about the place they worked at <laughs> and people who maybe are more passionate about being at these places because they love to win like reds or they love to innovate like greens or they love to be organized with their systems like yellows. Like those people might be more aligned with different aspects of corporate life versus those other aura colors that might be a little bit more like, oh, why am I here? No, no, I don't care to be creative today. What's the easiest way so I can get done with this and leave an hour early? <laughs> okay, they also say people with um, uh, low emotional intelligence may have a hard time 
Delivering negative feedback for fear of hurting other people's feelings. Ouch. Ouch. Okay. See, this is where I get like really angry because that's not true. Like I said, they totally, they totally, oh, I'm so angry. They totally, that's not true because what they don't know, whoever does this research is that highly emotionally intelligent people feel people's feelings so much they get completely enveloped in them and that's why they can't like fire somebody or give them critiques or tell them that their job's not great or they're not doing a good job or whatever because they do not wish to experience the feelings of that person as they say those words to them and that's actually an indication of i feel high emotional intelligence and high intuition not low the things that could be worked on is the understanding that that's going on. And I feel like if they talked that way to people, they spoke that way to people and they trained people and that you, Hey, some of you absorb other people's feelings as your own and modify your behavior to accommodate them. That would actually speak to those people that they're saying are having a low EQ or aren't responding the way that they should to training. And finally, research has found that, High EQ people sometimes can be used for manipulative and deceptive purposes. Okay. So, yeah, I can see that too. But that, again, is when – that's like when we talk about dark empaths and stuff. Like what happens is is um, when you <laughs> – not everyone has your best intentions at heart. And kind of separating emotional intelligence from intuition can also separate people from the for what, which can separate people from doing things out of the good of your heart rather than for your own self self service. So that's just, that's just, uh, that's just an intentions thing. Okay. So I'm glad they're, I'm glad they're teaching people emotional intelligence. Obviously it's better than just like winging it. Or like having things the way they were in those movies we watched in the 80s or whatever, where it seemed like high school seemed awful and corporate environments were like horrific. But I wonder if it's still the same. We're just kind of covering it up with a layer of, well, we talk this way, so it's okay. Or we have this club, so it's all right, you know. Um, And it's good in a way that they talk about emotional intelligence and they keep it kind of like research-based or scientific or mental health geared because that's important not everyone's into the woo woo not everyone's into spiritual stuff not everybody wants to use the word intuitive i guess and so you kind of want to cover more people than not but honestly just my own thoughts without the spiritual component to it i feel like it can lead people into more of a rat race or egocentric usage of emotional intelligence tapping into your emotional intelligence is always going to improve your connection to the energy around us it's always going to help you understand that that is what's happening and I feel like if you understand that, it can lead everyone to, a, to use it for a higher good instead of their personal gains. Okay, I will step off my soapbox and see what you all have to say about this. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right, so very interesting stuff. Let's, you know, I definitely want to see what some of the members of the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family have to say. We can continue the conversation over on the group page. I just want to say that... During the speech, I actually did a few things that were not very cheap. Okay, so you know my my level of cheapness is going down. Eventually, you guys will stop saying cheap. But we don't want to. It's yeah. too funny. Yeah, I almost feel like you guys just want to say it. We do. Okay, it's probably true. All right. Well, maybe we'll put up a poll also for that <laughs> no, one, and we'll see 
if I really am. I'm gonna have to or film not. things or something. I'm just gonna have to film it. I'm gonna have to film. I mean, I paid fifty dollars for a pizza. Okay, you so did. you can't you be did. cheap if you pay fifty dollars for a pizza. <laughs> All right, you know this podcast is for you and about you. And thanks for spending some time with us today. You all take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.